call it a win streak? I don't know. Is two games a win streak? I guess we could call it that. Bengals beat the Houston Texans in Houston and improved to 4-10-1. The Cincinnati Bengals beat Deshaun Watson on his home turf, 37-31. Very entertaining up and down, back and forth game. A lot to like if you are a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Maybe some, uh, maybe winning isn't <laughs> pleasing to you at this point in time. Who knows? I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. Good to have all of you with us uh, on the post-game show here. Coming at you a little bit after the 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 Bengals beat Houston here. Um, we've now got the late games going on, a couple of interesting ones going on, and we'll get to some scores around the league. But we got to talk about this one first. Look, Bengals first win streak in Zach Taylor's tenure. If you want to call two games in a row a win streak, you can. But first win streak he has ever had as the Bengals head coach in almost two full seasons. First road win that he has had as Bengals head coach and the first one since all the way back early in 2018 when the Bengals came back and beat the Falcons in that exciting game, the uh, the A.J. Green sliding catch for the win in that one, um, all the way back uh, early in 2018 so it's been a long time since the Bengals have had a road win whether it was with Marvin Lewis or Zach Taylor but Zach Taylor's first road game first win streak and now he has doubled his win total this season with four if you want to count the tie fine but four wins doubling last year and now the Bengals close out against the Ravens and a pretty interesting opportunity presenting itself for the Cincinnati Bengals coming up here uh, as they they host their division rivals who had a had a I believe they beat the Giants today so we'll have to double check on that but um, you know they have a good opportunity to maybe play a spoiler role there all of a sudden Zach Taylor is play you know is is got this team moving in a better direction um, you can you can credit the play calling today and him there was a lot of good play calls that were going on today especially involving the running backs. And we'll get to some stats. We'll get to some, uh, you know, some, a couple of sound bites and other things going on here. Uh, so, you know, you, you, I'm seeing already some, some comments here in the live chat. You know, I guess the, the one bad thing about trying to turn a corner too late in the, in the year for the Bengals is, you know, losing some draft status, but, uh, it looks it, by what I've seen and by what some comments are telling me here. Uh, I did look at it before I took the air. Looks like the Bengals are kind of in the sixth position, so they have fallen out of the top five currently. With that four ten and one, that tie really kind of throwing things for a loop. Uh, that you do have the tiebreaker over Houston now that they beat them. Houston is now four and eleven, um, and so now the Bengals, you know, depending on. If, if you're all in on Panay Sewell, you know, that that may not be attainable uh, at number six. You may have to move up or do some different things if, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals to get that player. Otherwise, you know, you may need to do some different things. You also may be in a situation where number six may not be, if you stay there, you may not be in a spot to be able to move back because quarterbacks will probably go within those top five picks. So, a um, little bit of a precarious position, but hey, you know, if the Bengals want to get a, a top wide receiver, whether it's Jamar Chase out of LSU, one of the two great Waddle or Smith from Alabama, 
you know, they could add a, a player that way, um, you know, if they're not able to move back and maybe they don't have one of the other offensive linemen not named Panay Sewell, you know, up there on their board. Look, we've, t- we've talked about this on a couple of different shows when it comes to the offseason. The Cincinnati Bengals attack free agency, and I use the term attack loosely, trust me, but they attack free agency to address their needs. That's where they get their needs. They try and, you know, and then later in the summer months, they try to extend some of their key guys that are set to hit free agency the following year. So they try and attack free agency for their needs. They try not to go into the draft saying we need to take this position. We need to take this player. We need to take this position group. They try and stick to best available player best available guy on their board. That's what they try and do in the draft. So I think we all know that offensive line has to be addressed early, but you know, they may look at some things and we'll talk more about some of the stuff today too, about the offensive line performance, but they, they may look at some things and say, you know, we, maybe we attack that in free agency, whether it's interior offensive line a Joe Tooney or Brandon Scherf or, you know, somebody like that, that can help shore up the offensive line. Maybe you re-sign a Quentin Spain, And then, you know, if you're able to get Sewell, great. Otherwise, maybe you look at an Alex Leatherwood, something like that um, in in the draft. I I would expect, though, that an offensive lineman would be taken in the first two rounds, despite what the Bengals do in free agency. But enough about the draft. We've got a lot of time to talk about the draft and what the Bengals will be able to do. We got to talk about this one and what we saw today. I'm going to share a couple of different things with you, one of which right now I'm going to share this little clip of Zach Taylor, this is the press conference, and it is on Bengals.com. You can find it there. This is Zach Taylor just kind of talking about how good it feels to get a win and a second one in a row. So I am going to play that for you here. This is uh, the voice you hear, I believe, will be Ben Baby of ESPN, good friend of our show. Uh, It'll be Ben Baby asking a question of Zach Taylor, and he's going to respond to that there. So hang tight one sec. Zach, for y'all to win this type of game, I mean, y'all y'all had to come back there in the fourth quarter with a backup quarterback for his program since 2018. I'm sure that hasn't been lost on you. Uh, what, what does it say that y'all were able to win this type of game? It just, it just tells you everything you got to know about the character and the resolve of this football team. And like I told him, we, we practiced in 10-degree weather on Christmas Day, you know, to come down and play a game in Houston. And uh, not one guy, I didn't hear one guy complain about it. They all knew that we had to get some work done before we are going to come win this big game. And um, just couldn't be prouder of, of – the work that they put in here in week 16, um, we're out of the playoff hunt. It's easy for guys to check out right now, and we haven't had a single player do it. And uh, just, just proud to coach these guys. Zach, you always. So that's that's kind of the theme, I guess, of this post game show. The theme of the Cincinnati Bengals right now, I guess, it's what do you believe, right? What do you believe about this team and its current state? By the way, I don't know if you can see above me. I'm in my nephew's nephew's room i there's there's a couple of star wars uh things hanging up there so uh for you star wars fans you can check that out this isn't my bedroom i promise it's my nephew's bedroom i'm i was watching the game with a couple of family members at any rate uh what do you believe about this team i think that's that's kind of the theme as to what we've been seeing these past few weeks my colleague matt minnick if you follow him on Twitter, which I'm sure a lot of you do, he has talked quite a bit about, look, if you look at Lou Anarumo's defense, these guys haven't quit. You know, there are a lot of guys that are still making plays through the losses, through the personnel losses and injuries. A lot of guys are still 
making a lot of plays and playing hard. Zach Taylor just mentioned, you know, they had a practice on Christmas Day, short week, a lot of emotion. I they really, I thought the Bengals had a good chance. Houston's not a great team. They're not playing all that well. They've had a lot of turmoil, but they still have J.J. Watt. They still have Deshaun Watson. They still have a lot of players on the team, but they're just not having a good season. I thought this was a very winnable game, as I'm, I'm sure a lot of us did. But to go down there, short week, a lot of emotion being an effort being exuded on Monday night against Pittsburgh and to show up and play well in Houston on the road during a holiday week, the whole thing, right? This had, this had a potential to just kind of be a disastrous type of situation for the Bengals where they just, you know, didn't rebound well off of that, off of that win. It's, I guess rebounds, not the right word, but you felt like maybe there was an, could, there could be an inability for them to carry the momentum into this week and maybe lay an egg and they didn't. And they didn't. The defense didn't play very well, obviously letting up 31 points. But, um, you know, the offense played outstanding. Zach Taylor's play calling was outstanding. And, you know, these guys aren't quitting. And to Zach Taylor's point, to what with the clip I just played, you know, they're, they're, still, they're still grinding. They're still playing hard. And so it's kind of like now we've got in almost two full seasons, we've got six total wins and a tie in the Zach Taylor era. He finally gets his first road win. He finally strings together back-to-back wins late in this season when the Bengals are way out of the playoff race. Their franchise quarterback is hurt. But what do you believe? Do you believe that this team still is behind their head coach? Do you think that this team is still behind these assistant coaches, the position coaches, based on what we've been seeing these past few weeks without Joe Burrow in the lineup? I think now we can say – for those who don't want Zach Taylor to be here or for those who do, I think we can say after these two wins, he's probably getting, getting another shot in 21 and he's probably getting it with, you know, Joe Burrow coming back and everything. They're probably going to give him another shot that may come with some strings attached, get rid of some assistance. You know, if Mike Zimmer maybe gets let go, it's like, Hey, Zach, you, you can stay for this year and prove yourself, but you're bringing Mike Zimmer as in as your defensive coordinator. And maybe that lights the, the, the fire under the chair a little bit for Zach having a, a veteran, he, you know, former head coach potentially come in as his defensive coordinator and, and give him a short leash. I don't know. I'm just totally conjecturing here, but I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, but I think Zach Taylor is here for next year. So what do you believe about this team? Do you believe it based on these two wins at the end of the season and maybe they, they parlay it into next week and they play spoiler for the for the Ravens. And that would be a nice win for Zach Taylor and carry some momentum. I know there's been a lot of talk both in our pregame show by Narragansett Beer. Uh, in, that, in that show, as well as in other outlets that cover the Bengals, there's been a lot of talk of, hey, you know, Coslett did this. Bruce Coslett did this, ended a season well, didn't go anywhere the next year. LeBeau, same thing didn't go anywhere, right? And the difference being if the, if Zach Taylor is in the same boat as those those two former head coaches, the the difference is he's got Burrow in his back pocket, Coslett, LeBeau, I mean they had John Kitna, Keely Smith, Scott Mitchell, all kinds of different guys, right? So is is that enough for all, us who have been kind of beaten up on Zach Taylor? Is that enough for all of us that follow root for cover the Cincinnati Bengals. Is that enough to start kind of believing that maybe a corner is being turned? Brandon Allen today threw for the the most passing yards since Carson Palmer. 
um, and we'll pull that up in, in just a little bit. You saw that stat on the Fox graphic there. I, I looked up quickly. I tried to look up some Andy Dalton stats to make sure. I thought Andy Dalton had thrown for that much. There was one game in 2013 where Dalton threw for like 372 yards, so it was close. But, I mean, Brandon Allen played outstanding today. And all of a sudden, it's interesting what happens when this in this offense when you're able to run the ball, when you're able to utilize those running backs in the passing game. You look like a completely different team. And I think that you would like to think that this is something that Zach Taylor has wanted to do for two years. And for some reason, you know, Giovanni Bernard has been kind of withering away on the bench. Um, and, and a lot of different, a lot of different guys are just not being used in the first parts of these two seasons we've seen under Zach Taylor. And at the end of the year, you know, there's kind of some nice blossoming from some of these players or, or, they produce with increased time. So I, again, I just kind of, I'm kind of making a circle back. What do you believe about this team? What do you, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you believe about this team? Yeah, I think some of you guys are right. 407 against the Browns for Joe Burrow. Um, I think I, I may have misread that Fox, uh, that Fox graphic. It might've been on the road. Um, so I'll have to double check, but um, there was, there was a graphic about most by Carson, since Carson Palmer. It, it didn't strike me as right either. It sounded a little weird. It might have been on the road. So I'll have to double-check that one. Fact-check Fox Sports on that. But uh, at any rate, I mean, still, regardless, Brandon Allen had an outstanding day. Brandon Allen had an outstanding day. And, um, you know, I see here uh, David Fussner says, um, Taylor has actually put this team in position to win the last two games with game plan suited for the quarterback, limited Finley throwing, and used his legs to win. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, thank you, <laughs> Malcolm. Okay. Thank you, Malcolm. No, you read it right. They were just wrong. I, I didn't think that sounded right, but when, when Fox put that up, I'm like, there's no way that was the highest passing. I may, may have been something about on the road or something. There had to be some caveat to that because I saw that and I'm like, that does not sound right. So thank you, Malcolm. I, I knew I wasn't going crazy. Oh, Fox Sports. Come on. Get with it. Uh, look, I mean, yeah, yeah cringe wizard the graphic said most yards since 2005 that's what i saw and it just didn't sound right anyway so i'm not gonna not gonna bang that drum too hard but look that's that's kind of where we're at i'm gonna go over some stats in just a second here we can be happy about the win and two wins back to back i mean hey you beat pittsburgh in prime time and you beat deshaun watson on his home field i know houston isn't who they used to be in in you know from a year or two years ago but um when you beat Deshaun Watson on his home field, you got, you got to like that. And you have to like that you beat the Steelers on prime time. And then if you, if you get that win next week against the Ravens and maybe you play some spoiler there, you got to feel pretty good about that one too. So um, I, I, you know, I, it's, it's kind of the more questions than answers at this point. That's kind of how I, how I feel a little bit about it. Um, I, I think we were all certain three weeks ago, about that Zach wasn't the guy, you know, we were still pretty sure that the Bengals were going to stick with him at that point, but we were pretty sure that Zach wasn't the guy, that sort of thing. And now all of a sudden he's rattled off these couple of wins that you kind of take a step back and say, well, you know, he's doing it with Ryan Finley and Brandon Allen as his quarterbacks. Brandon Allen probably proved to a lot of people that he should be at least looked at as a viable backup option for next year for the Cincinnati Bengals. And he, you know, 
kudos to Ryan Finley for what he did. A gutsy performance against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense probably is is a bit a bit better, especially at rushing the passer than than Houston. Houston knows how to rush the passer though as well. Um, but still, I mean, Brandon Allen was really impressive today. Brandon Allen was really impressive today. So um, let's let's take a look at some of these. Uh, I'm going to share a tweet real quick too. This is the this is kind of playing into the what what do you believe and the um, mindset of the locker room, et cetera, et cetera. Marcus Bailey, rookie linebacker, got some time today on special teams and on defense. Rough day for him. Rough day for him. He had a penalty on a big kickoff return by Brandon Wilson, uh, and he let up a – he was on coverage in a uh, touchdown that Deshaun Watson threw late in the fourth quarter. You know, and he said – here's here's a tweet he put out recently, and we like Marcus Bailey. He's been on our on our show. Great guy. I think he's got a real bright future. But you got to like this mindset, even though it's just a – you know, maybe we're reading too much into a tweet here, but great, great team win. need to learn from my mistakes and continue to improve hashtag who day. So this is, you know, the, again, you kind of look at, is this the, is that more, a little bit more of the culture that uh, they're trying to build and some of the guys that they've been bringing into the building that uh, Zach's been telling us we we're not really, we hadn't been seeing the fruits of those labors, but I don't know. I guess I just saw that tweet and it kind of resonated with me a little bit, especially when you start asking questions like, what do you believe about this team? I'm going to go through some, some stats by both teams here. going to try and make this pretty quick. I know sometimes we uh, go through these. I'm going to go both on NFL.com, their scores, and uh, a little bit from ESPN as well. If you look here, Brandon Allen, 371. Yeah, see that? that there, there's I, I saw the Dalton had 372 in uh in 2013 there was something wrong with that graphic uh but 29 of 37 for 371 two touchdowns look the plan was this i what i really liked about this the the Bengals used a lot of short kind of controlled passing a lot of stuff to the running backs design screens that sort of thing i think greg jennings who was on the call said something to the effect of you know i think that's the 10th screen pass we've seen by the Bengals today um and, uh, you know, he's exaggerating, obviously, but I mean, there was a lot of that stuff, but then it set up his ability to throw some deep balls, some jump balls to T Higgins. And they took advantage on a couple of occasions. They missed on a couple, but, um, you know, uh, they, they tried to take advantage of that. And it, it was kind of a nice play design. It was like, you know, lull the Houston defense to sleep a little bit, try and run the ball, find some balance, but lull them to sleep with kind of short you know, the, the, the predictable stuff to the running backs to try and keep it safe for their backup quarterback. And as they, as the Houston defense maybe gets a little more comfortable with that, you hit them over the top and Brandon Allen was, was pretty gutsy with some of those throws there. So 371, two touchdowns, great day from him. Here's the big stuff, guys. I mean, great days from Samaj P Ryan and Gio Bernard, 29 carries there, um, you know, a hundred and what is that? 170 yards between the both of them. So you got to really like that. Two touchdowns by P. Ryan, including the big one at the end there. Seven, almost seven and a half yards per carry by P. Ryan, 4.1 by Geo. So just nice days by both of them. Travion Williams getting into the mix as well for with six yards. Higgins, big day. Um, he, uh, I believe he's he passed the Chris Collinsworth for the most receptions in Bengals history as a rookie receiver. So six catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. It's still on nine targets. There were a couple of misses there. One, he came down with one 
on the sideline and he kind of, unfortunately he bounced off of defenders. He wasn't able to get his, his feet down, but a couple of really, really nice plays that touchdown reception by Higgins in the, in that corner of the end zone was great. Erickson had a nice, nice day today, stepping in for Tyler Boyd, who was injured with the concussion, six catches, 88 yards, caught all six targets. And a couple of them were big ones. Gio Bernard getting very involved in the passing game, seven catches by him, 66 yards, AJ green, couple of nice catches did have a drop four catches, 64 yards. And P Ryan again. So you see 11 catches between the two backs and over hundred yards receiving between, between the two of them, 107 total between Bernard and P Ryan. So a lot of good stuff. Sample had the touchdown on the on their opening drive there. Got to like that, too. Good to see him involved. You saw our first look at Trent Irwin, one catch for five yards on two targets there. Bengals forcing more turnovers on defense, too. Even though they let up a lot of yards and gave up a lot of points, um, you know, they, they forced two fumbles. They only recovered one, but they were atrocious at creating turnovers this year. And, over, and it's no coincidence in these two games they've been able to uh, create some turnovers, and the one they had today was at a critical, critical moment. Um, the Bengals had a, a slim lead, a three-point lead. Deshaun Watson was kind of moving it a little bit, and then Sam Hubbard, who has played great since his return from the elbow injury, uh, strip sack Mar- goes right into Marcus Hunt's uh, lap as he's <laughs> as he's there on the defensive line, makes the recovery. Bengals get another field goal, and and that was kind of that. William Jackson left the game with an injury. That that wasn't great to see. Darius Phillips had two pass defended, uh, passes defended today. So, um, and then you see the rest of the stats here, uh, nine total tackles by Darius Phillips, Von Bell, eight total tackles. Um, LaShawn Sims, rough, rough day for LaShawn Sims, rough day for LaShawn Sims. Um, you know, on a couple of occasions, he had five tackles on a couple of them. He was just hanging on to Jersey for dear life just to try and slow somebody down. So, uh, tough day for LaShawn Sims. And, you know, again, it's kind of the BW Webb effect, right? You sign a guy thinking, ah, he's, you know, good option as your number four corner, number five corner, maybe number three corner if things get get dicey. But when he has to come in and start on the boundary, um, he, you know, he's just not a starting caliber corner. I think he's a good, uh, you know, a good guy to bolster your cornerback group, a good back end guy. But just, you know, when you can see the struggles, unfortunately, for LaShawn Sims when he comes in and, uh, you know, tries to roll into a starting position. Pratt had uh, five tackles, one of which a tackle for loss, a great play. Um, I think it was in the second half. Great play by him, too. So, uh, you know, still only one sack. Hubbard only one turnover, but it was arguably the biggest play of the game there. So uh, you got to you got to like that. Let's look at the Houston side of the ball. Watson, 324 yards through the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Big game by him, 24 of 33. Um, you know, David Johnson, 128 yards. I mean, 10, almost 11 yards per carry for David Johnson. 12 carries, 128 yards, and a touchdown. That's David Johnson of old right there. And Watson had 38 carries, uh, 38 yards on five carries as well. Um, you know, Brandon Cook's huge day, but part of that was that weird lateral play at the end seven catches 141 yards and a touchdown there fells had the touchdown and david johnson had a touchdown receiving as well so big day by by both deshaun watson and and david johnson we'll go down here uh look at zach cunningham oh 14 total tackles he put a lick on p ryan um, he had, a, he was everywhere. And then you can kind of see some of these other guys here. I'm going to look at the team stats via ESPN and then we'll pop on out of here. 
that was from NFL.com. So we're going to look real quickly at ESPN, some of the team statistics. And I think it's pretty telling again. I mean, you look at it, uh, look, look up here, you know, you see the first downs. Bengals have four more first downs, 27 to 23. Four more passing first downs, 18 to 14. One less rushing first down, seven to eight. Um, they did get a couple of breaks from penalties. So two penalties created first downs for the Bengals. That was kind of big. And a couple of those were late six of 13 on, on third down one of two on fourth down. So nothing real spectacular in either of those areas, but you know, the Texans were four of nine themselves on third downs. They didn't try any fourth downs. So, you know, it was just kind of, it was okay. It was okay by both teams on third down and, and fourth down there. But look at the play dis disparity, 71 to 51. Bengals ran 20 more plays than the Houston Texans. And then look at the total yards. Um, we've got we've got over 1,000 yards of offense here, guys, 540 to 488. Um, and then you see both had 11 drives. Uh, Houston actually had more yards per play by two, two yards per play, 9.6 to 7.6. And uh, Bengals had more passing yards, 371 to 322. Rushing yards, pretty even. Bengals were able to run the ball at will, 169 to 166. Bengals, though, did it on way more attempts, 33 rushing attempts to 17. Um, so, you know, big difference there. Manageable penalties. I mean, again, a couple of the, the Houston penalties resulted in Bengals' first down, so that was kind of big. But neither team was, like, crazy with penalties. It was five penalties for 35 yards for the Bengals, six penalties for 46 yards for the Texans. And really the only turnover, you know, the, the only turnover was the big difference in the game there by Houston at the end there. They lost the fumble. Um, look at the look at the time of possession, though. Oh, 36-10 to 23-50. The Bengals just hogged the football. And, you know, you, you look at I, – I, Siebert missed a, a long field goal from 49 yards. I mean, the Bengals could have been in a little bit more in control there. That, you know, there was a, a touchdown that was missed, and one of the one of the few bad plays by Brandon Allen, a, a touchdown pass that was missed early in the game. So I mentioned AJ Green had a drop. So I mean, there was there were some plays left out there by the Bengals, but all in all, I mean, when you're not turning the ball over, you're running for basically 170 yards, and you're passing for close to 400, you're going to win that game. Um, that's that's just kind of how it is. And of course, you know, you look at the time of possession as well. So. I mean, a lot of things just pointed to a Bengals-dominated domin performance in this one, and uh, a lot of it on on offense. Uh, there were some tackling issues on on defense, as I mentioned, but overall, um, you know, you, you got to kind of, yeah, Russ, Russ Blackthorn here in, in YouTube, ball control, baby. And, you know, I think I think there's a lot of talk about, you know, the – it's a passing, it's a passing league. And, you know, you got to let Burrow throw the ball and all that kind of stuff. And I, I totally agree with that. You're going to win with your quarterback, but I think you're starting to see, you know, you're starting to see why Kansas city drafted Clyde Edwards, Hilaire brought in Le'Veon Bell, brought, brought, basically have a stable of running backs that are able to run and catch. It just, it, it when you have that extra dimension, it helps your quarterback. It brings an outlet to them that, uh, you know, it's hard for a team to defend. And I think if, and then of course, if you're able to run the ball and bring some balance to offense, that takes pressure off your quarterback too. So, you know, I, I just, I, I know you want to see Burrow throw the ball over the field. And we saw a lot of that, 
this year. Um, I just, I think maybe just because I'm a little bit of an old school, a little more throwback guy, I would like to see the Bengals balance it out a little bit more, not only just to keep Burrow more upright, limit the hits, et cetera, keep them healthier, but I, I just would like to see, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it leads to wins when you're able to balance it out on, on offense. Now there's going to be days where your quarterback, where you're not going to be able to run the ball and your quarterback needs to throw for 400, 500 yards and you need him to be the stud, a Heisman trophy winner, number one overall pick. You need him. You, there's going to be games that the Bengals will need that from Joe Burrow. There are other days where Joe Burrow may have an off day. It happens. It happens to Patrick Mahomes. I think they only scored 17 points uh, today against the uh, Atlanta Falcons at home. And so, I mean, there's the, the quarterback's going to have off days, and you need these other weapons to step up, particularly in the run game. Uh, quickly, going around the AFC North, interesting, interesting day around the AFC North. Um, let's start with Pittsburgh, who was going – they were hosting Indianapolis. Indianapolis – had a gosh, what was it? A 20, 24 to seven lead over Pittsburgh uh, at, at, a, at one point in the game. Pittsburgh charges back and wins 28 to 24. So they go to 12 and three, stop that three game skid. Indianapolis falls to 10 and five, and they're kind of clinging to their playoff life here. It's a pretty interesting scrum at the end of, at the back end of the AFC playoff picture, but Pittsburgh ends up pulling one out, scored 21 unanswered to come back and beat Indianapolis. Uh, again, of course, the Bengals beat the Texans 37 31. The Ravens take care of the Giants in Baltimore 27 13. Bengals uh, take on Baltimore next week in the season regular season finale. Baltimore is ten and five, so again that scrum at the end there makes it real interesting. Um, Pittsburgh, I believe, clinched. Yeah, they clinched the AFC North um, with that win, by the way, over Indianapolis. So they are your division champs. Whereas the Ravens are trying to scramble for a wild card, and then the Browns, who are also scrambling for a wild card go to New York and just drop one to the Jets who all of a sudden have won two in a row. They're two and 13, 23 to 16. And this was ugly for a while for the, for Cleveland Baker Mayfield had a couple of um, couple of turnovers and it was just an ugly one. So the Browns lose to the Jets uh, and they too are 10 and five. So they are now trying to scramble for one of those playoff spots in the AFC as well. So um, interesting, interesting, situation with the AFC playoff picture. I'm going to get on out of here guys, but again, I just kind of want to leave you with what do you, what do you, uh, it's kind of a rhetorical question, I guess, but what do you make of this? What do you, what do you believe about the Cincinnati Bengals? What do you believe about Zach Taylor? What do you believe about the direction of this team? Are you encouraged by these two wins? Is this the, what do you call that? The dead cat bounce. I think some people, some people say at the end of a, of a year that's been lost for a while, you don't have your franchise quarterback. Are you still saddened by things? Are you encouraged by things that you've seen? Are you still wait and see because of what happens, what, what could happen next week? You know, Burroughs recovery. Um, that's just, I, I just kind of food for thought because there are a lot of different logical ways to take what we've been seeing over the past couple of weeks you got to like the wins. You got to like the response by the team. And you got to like certain guys stepping up in the wake of injury to play well. 
but um, you know, I we 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 do have a pretty large sample size of Zach Taylor now. And do you take the early part of his career, or do you take these last couple of games here and try and run with the encouragement? Food for thought. Food for thought. Enjoy the rest of your week and what's left of it. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, whatever you do or do not celebrate. Uh, we we are – I know I am excited for 21. I am ready for 2020 to be over, which we're, we're under a week away. So Happy New Year if we don't see you. We will be back next week with the Monday News Jump tomorrow. We will be back with the Wednesday Deep Dive Analysis Show with myself and John Sheeran. We'll have more Chalk Talk episodes from uh, Matt Minnick. Ace and Zim will be bringing you Orange is the New Black on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Um, we've got John Sheeran doing his weekly lineman now. That's going to be a new thing on the YouTube channel, so check it out there. And all of your opinions, uh, analysis, updates, news, all that stuff is going to be on cincyjungle.com. Um, but we appreciate all the support you have shown us this year. We've had a lot of different guests. We've had a lot of different shows. We've tried to do a lot of different things on our podcast channel and our numbers. Thanks to you all speak for themselves. We, uh, we can't thank you enough for all the support. We appreciate everything that, uh, you know, your feedback and all, you know, all of your interactions in the live chats that you guys bring us. We, we can't thank you enough. So appreciate it. Enjoy the win. Bengals win two in a row, 37, 31. They beat Houston in Houston and the Bengals are on a win streak, baby. Two game win streak. We'll see you next week.